Boom, 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 Welcome to the Good Energy Project with Lou Connor, a surprisingly hopeful and upbeat show about economics, climate change, and our future on planet Earth. Hello. I've just uh, taken the train out to Carterton to meet up with Helen Dew, who is a 85-year-old, quite famous local Carterton resident. Her big passion is local currencies or complementary currencies. So I'm just um, walking up to her place. I think this is the house. There's a lovely garden outside. Oh, hello. Hi. Hi. Come on in. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Should I take my shoes off? Okay. You've got your timer sorted. Yep, now. Yeah. We're sitting here at Helen's kitchen table and I've just had an amazing garden tour. So Helen is known for her gardening and also for her uh, sustainability and the way she lives is amazing. Um, so she started the Carterton Farmers Market many years ago and has an abundant garden here and she helped found the organization called Living Economies. I first met Helen in my brother's wool shed at one of his Monty's monthly meals, which are sort of local gatherings of people where we have a lot of local food and socialize. So I met Helen there and um, we got talking about local economies. And um, it was also actually Helen who introduced me to Brian, who I talked to a couple of weeks ago. So I'm excited to talk to Helen more about um, complementary currencies and how they might help address things like climate change and all the other issues we're facing. So thanks, Helen. Well, that's a, a, a big ask to uh, use complementary currencies as a tool to address climate change, but I think in a kind of a way that can be one of the small things that we can do. just want to make a small correction. Yeah. I didn't start the Carterton Farmers Market. Oh, okay. I am a founding member. A oh, founding member. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So... Uh, you started it with a group. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. And I think it's an important thing for the town. It, it's uh, like a bumping place. Mm. You know, mm. uh, people... Uh, locals and also people passing through mm. uh, but I, I find it also attracts people who are new to town mm. and uh, we have some great conversations oh, and I've, so made cool. some, I've made some wonderful friends mm. through the mm. farmers market so important to have those bumping spaces it I is think. yeah it is. that's right yes so uh uh, I go there more for the social reasons rather yeah. than to, for buying and selling, you know, because yeah. I don't need to buy much. Because mm, mm. uh, you grow uh, it all. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and mm. I, and I don't have a lot to sell, uh, but I I just love to take something along mm. and encourage other people mm. to uh, to think more consciously about where their food comes from. Well, it's quite a thing to be able to grow something in your garden and take it along and sell it. Yes. It must show other people that that's possible, it which is, is revolutionary is. in itself, I think. That's right. 
And, and I think the way we feed ourselves uh, has a huge carbon footprint mm, mm. Uh, if we rely on everything coming from the so- supermarket. I mean, you take, uh, for instance, we'll start with the seed. Most of our seed is grown overseas in oh. California or Europe. Oh, right. There's a little bit grown in New Zealand, but a lot of it comes from overseas. Well, how is that seed produced? Well, with tractors and big fields and all mm. sorts of implements. Mm. Well, first make your tractors and your implements. Mm. That takes carbon mm. and fossil fuels. And then the actual growing of them, quite likely using pesticides and fertilizers. Uh, it's all carbon. Yeah. And then get them to New Zealand. Carbon. <laughs> again. Yeah. And, and then the distribution system, mm. getting them out to the farmers or to the home growers. And then we go off one at a time in our cars to the supermarket mm. to buy a packet of seed or to mm. the garden shop. Mm. And we've only got the seed so far. We haven't grown yeah. anything yet. <laughs> you know, right. So that just goes on and on. Mm. I mean, I don't imagine everybody supplying as much of their food as I do, uh, but at least some of it, you know, some basics mm. like maybe some silver beet and some lettuces, which mm. are really mm. easy. Mm. One of the things about my project is looking at climate change and economics and it's amazing to just look at one thing like a lettuce or like what we eat and then look at all the carbon involved with producing that. That's right. It seems like your whole philosophy is becoming aware of what we're consuming and what we're doing and what impact it has. To be much more conscious consumers even if we end up at the supermarket because you know some things we can't produce ourselves you know, I mean, it's it comes from your garden or from the farmer's market mm. or swapping with your neighbours and then you end up at the supermarket yeah. or the greengrocers or whatever. And eating in season is so important too mm. because, uh, you know, if some people wouldn't even know what e- eating in season means <laughs> because uh, you can get anything anytime at the supermarket. Yeah, right. So what's important about it? Well, carbon footprint again. Oh, I see. You yeah, see, yeah. if we want to eat strawberries in the middle of winter, well, where have they come from? <laughs> a hot house or, yeah. or somewhere else, yeah. Yes, mm, yeah. Mm. And tomatoes. We've been having issues around the cost of living lately and a lot of things that they include in the, uh, the high price bracket are things like tomatoes in the middle of winter. Well, who needs tomatoes in the middle of winter? <laughs> You mm. eat in season for, yeah. for what is normally grown at this time of mm. the year. So you've gone without tomatoes for, for during the winter and then you celebrate the first tomato in, in late January mm. or, or sometime in February. Mm. Have a tomato party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's a sort of joy to following the seasons. That's right. Yes, yeah. it, it is. I wondered if we could go right back to your childhood. I had a question that I've asked all my other guests if you can remember when you're a child what absorbed your energy and what fascinated you nature yeah nature growing things yeah i remember when i was about four my family visited the sounds in, in top of the south island and uh, we had a sort of a working holiday there mm. i remember picking a bunch of white um, camellias 
And so I carefully put them into water. I knew that if you touched the petals of the flowers, they would go brown. And so yeah. I was very careful with them. How old were you? Oh, I was four. Oh, four. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, and then on the launch on the way home, I realised that we didn't have them. I was gutted. Oh. I, I thought, those flowers will die. Oh. And I was responsible for that. Oh, no. And it hit me right in the, in the, in the, in the tummy. Oh. And uh, I, I just felt so bad about that. Mm, so you really loved nature. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How did you get inspired with the sort of local currency stuff? Well, I read an article in a magazine about the idea of a local currency and that appealed to me. I can't put my finger on it just why but I thought it made a lot of sense in terms of uh, oh, a number of things but enabling people to give and take freely without having to worry about whether they had money mm. and, uh, and just facilitated the exchange of goods and services. It just had that ring of Making connections. Ah, yeah. Yeah, personalised yeah. the exchange. A bit like cash does, really. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think cash is important in that regard, too. What was your experience with money before that? Like, had that caused stress? Uh, well, at my family, uh, you know, I was born in 1937, and life was pretty difficult. Mm. My father was a labourer, and I, being the oldest... I was quite aware of the struggles with money. Mm. There never seemed to be enough. Mm. And it was always, well, which account would we pay this week, you know? Right, yeah. And which will have to wait another week. Mm. And how can we make do? And, you know, we grew some veggies and my mother sewed and mm. mended and mm. knitted and all mm. those things that people did in those days mm. uh, on a limited budget. And so I grew up being very frugal myself. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, it's ingrained. Mm. In those days you had thripney pieces because uh, we're pounds, okay. shillings and pence. Yeah. And so I started saving my thripney pieces a bottle mm. and I watched that bottle fill and that gave me a lot of pleasure. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I was saving up. Yeah. I'm not sure what for now. But I always thought it was important to save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could imagine coming across the complementary currency idea would have felt quite exciting. It did. It did. I noticed in the local paper an advertisement uh, that there was to be a public meeting to explore the possibility of starting a currency. Ah. Aha. So when was I that? went. Oh, that would have been about 1991. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So th about 30 years ago. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And so I joined. I was a founding member and I mm. joined a local currency system here. Is that green dollars? Yeah, that's right. Mm. It's right. And I've only just retired from that. It still exists, does it? It does. Yeah. It does, in a quiet way. Mm. Uh, but... Um, I, I wanted to simplify my life a little. Mm. Uh, you know, at 85, I think well, at, at some stage I'm going to uh, 
um, fall off the perch and my family's going to have to tidy up my oh, okay. affairs. And I thought, well, that'll be one thing they don't have to deal with. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you've passed that's down right. your responsibilities there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but it was it was a good experience all those years. I was a, a very active trader. I made jam. Oh, okay, and, yeah. Uh, and I grew my plants and my seeds. Yeah, so how did it work? You'd do those things and then take them to the market? Yes. Did it happen through yes. the market? That's right. And so, what is a complementary currency? Can you just well, sort of? Well, it's a, a payment system that is created by the community for the community, and it runs alongside cash. And it's only useful for the people who belong to the shall I call it a club, mm. you know, for the members of that circle trade with one another. And it's not really so useful outside of that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Although so it can be given to people outside of the circle. At one stage, uh, the, the Green Dollar people printed vouchers. Oh, okay. And so they could give them to somebody to go and spend at the market. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. If they wanted to give them a little gift. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of a bit like bartering except you can do it with more people exactly it just expands the choices yeah yeah mm. and so how did um living economies come about well <clears throat> in 2001 in the summer of 2001 2002 there was a woman came out from germany her name was margaret kennedy mm. she and declan uh, were touring New Zealand uh, promoting the book that Margaret had written, Interest and Inflation-Free Money. Oh, okay, yeah. And, uh, and so I helped arrange her speaking venues and her accommodation and things like that. A and when I was listening to her, I was just so struck with her knowledge mm. and her passion Mm. And the, the sense that she was making yeah, about okay. this problem of interest-bearing debt uh, that is at the heart of exponential growth. And uh, Margaret gathered together email addresses of people that she thought might like to get together and see if we can uh, do something in New Zealand to promote the message. And so we got together in uh, Tauranga and we formed then uh, the... Stable Money Trust, mm -hmm. which was the name we gave it at the time. We later ch changed to Living Economies Educational Trust. And so that was the beginning of it. How many people were at that conference in Oh, Tauranga? I can't remember. Probably about a dozen or so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Was it exciting? It really was. Mm. And I met some wonderful people, mm. and I still have contact with some of them too. It was small beginnings, and, uh, you know, later, I think when we changed to the Educational Trust, we got a website going. And, mm -hmm. and, so, and I still think there's not enough people. We're not very visible. We don't get into the limelight uh, mm. so mm. easily. Often people say, oh, wow, what a resource. I didn't know this existed. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, so who's a surprise. So sort of need a bit more promotion. Or yeah, yeah, we do. Publicity. We do. Mm. Mind you, sometimes... There's a matter of timing mm. when people are, uh, it's the right time for people to take an interest perhaps, mm. and maybe mm. now's the time. Well, bring it on, I see. I think so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I met Margaret, and 
and I knew then what I wanted to do. With yeah, my okay. Life. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a bit of a eureka. That's right. Mm. That's right. You see, Margaret had taken early retirement from her very lucrative university lecturer work. Mm. Uh, she was an eco-architect. Ah, and, yeah. Uh, and she retired from that to mm. devote the rest of her life to promoting interest-free money. Oh, wow. Mm. And so when you met her, you knew that, what was it that you knew you wanted to do for your life? Oh, well, I just wanted to uh, make as many people as possible aware mm. of the, the problems caused by interest-bearing debt. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you see, if we have exponential growth, uh, if the economy must grow, and it must with, mm. with interest-bearing debt, then that's putting a huge demand on natural resources. Yeah, can you explain that a bit more, how that works? Well, uh, the money comes into existence mm. when when uh, people go to their bank and get a loan. Mm. And the bank creates the money at the flick of a switch, just a tap of a, a, tap of a key. Mm-hmm. And, and so say you want uh, $300,000 for a house, uh, yeah. so that money is created, and then you have to pay that back. And over time, you will pay that back, and that money is expunged uh, gradually as that money is paid back. However, there's a continual flow of people, new people coming on board mm. who take out loans and mm. pay them back and take out loans and pay them back. But the problem arises when the bank expects you to pay interest on yeah. a loan. Yeah. And that money hasn't been created that you're going to pay your interest with. Mm. And so you have to somehow be creative in terms of uh, earning, uh, finding, uh the money, the extra money that you haven't got. Mm. Because this has been quite an epiphany for me, uh-huh. how money is made. Because I think I thought of it kind of like, um, I knew that it was digitalized, but I thought uh-huh. that it was sort of like a digital form of a coin uh-huh. and that it just existed and we passed it round. But it, that the same money always existed and mm. it just flows around. But my big epiphany has been that... Um, Money is literally created by banks when someone takes a loan out. And then when they pay that loan back, the money disappears again. So money is not a thing like a coin. It's actually an agreement between the bank and a person. Which this sort of sense of money coming into existence and then disappearing again. And what you actually explained to me the other day of um, when a bank creates the money... And then there's all these exchanges that go on. So the person that borrowed the money might spend it on something and they have an exchange with someone else and someone else and someone else. But eventually that person gets the money back and they can pay the bank back. That's right. But but that money to pay the interest doesn't exist. (laughs) No. That's what... Yeah. Yeah, that's what you've just said, but it's, take, yeah. it's taken me a while to actually get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit like musical chairs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, the borrower has to find the extra money, uh, maybe through uh, providing services to, uh, to other people, and that's not so bad, but uh, that's not such a demand on natural resources, although there'd be some. 
but uh, but when we have to produce from nature's resources, then we're wanting more and more and more mm. all the time, and we've got to grow the economy. And bankruptcies are built into the system. Mm. Some people will just simply not be able to pay back their loan. Mm. It might have, they might have taken a loan out to create a business or something, mm. and uh, and so. Because uh, there's actually not enough money around no. to, for everybody to pay their loans. But no, no. And, and, and it's the, a continuous cycle of new people taking out more loans and because uh, that's the last resort for most people who are struggling to pay back the interest is take out another loan. Mm, mm. <laughs> so you get loans on loans. That's right. Mm. I talked to you last year and wrote a blog Based on what you said, and I got a picture of everyone carrying these big weights that are debts, and then a a vacuum cleaner kind of sucking resources from the earth and from people, Mm. um, just because of the way that the system is configured. So it makes us very competitive, which has its good points, but it also uh, uh, there are casualties. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so what's one thing you wish everybody knew about our financial or economic system? Well, just that it's, it's simply not sustainable. I mean, we have the boom and the bust mm. built into the system as well. You see, uh, things go so far and then uh, more and more problems uh, arise uh, till uh, we reach the state of collapse. I liken the system to to, to cancer, really, mm. uh, because it is like a, a system that grows and grows and grows mm. and eventually uh, is out of control and collapses. Mm. And uh, perhaps the world's facing that possibility mm. now as, mm. as things in the global scene are, are getting more and more difficult. Mm. Yeah. If we are aware that there are other ways that we can manage our exchange between one another mm. that don't cause that same damage. Uh, my, my fear is that uh, after the crash, we build the same thing back again. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah so That's happened before. Well, yes, we had booms and busts mm. many times. Mm. And, um, yeah, I mean... Well, one thing you've talked about is the kind of apathy that you... That's right. Ap- People don't even think about money and where it comes from and uh, the, the the deeper issues surrounding money because mm. uh, people are busy mm. you know uh, paying the mortgage mm. and uh, and yeah. uh, yes family life and being involved in the community or mm. the entertainment or off to the sports or whatever <laughs> yeah, so much. Uh, and people are distracted and money doesn't get a look in mm. although and it does i mean we think about it all the time but whether we've got enough, but not oh, yes. what it is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, people uh, just take it for granted, like air that we breathe. Mm, mm, yeah, you mm. don't question it. It's just yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And um, so, tell me more about the complementary currencies and how they could work and what the advantages could be. Well. What I'd love to see is business-to-business currency system. Ah, uh, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, I think that that would um, perhaps help people if we do run into troubled waters with the global economy. 
I think having another option would be really good. Because you've said that complementary currencies become more popular when there's a recession. They do. They do. They have in historic times. I mean, we're not talking about doing something new here. Mm. This has been done before many, many times over. Mm. One of the most successful uh, currency systems is called the VIR, which is spelled W-I-R, and that's in Switzerland. Ah, yeah. And that started uh, way back after a recession. It was in the 1930s. Or something I like that. I think so. I looked it up. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so businesses trade with one another, and uh, and millions and millions of dollars, billions mm. of dollars have turned over in that system, and it is still going well today. Mm. And, and so it keeps the money sort of flowing within a an area or a community. That's of. right, mm. it does. It does. And it means that uh, businesses have, have two options, you see. They can use uh, the coin of the realm, or they can use their currency, and, and they have a choice. And they can mix the two if mm. they want mm. to. And that's the same with, you see, if we got business-to-business currency system going here, those businesses that sign up would perhaps accept a small percentage of a, a purchase in local currency. Yeah. Because they've got to be con, uh, consider their cash flow. Mm. You know, there's a lot of things that they need cash for. But if we can get exchanges uh, between businesses, they're supporting one another... And also, they would help to create new opportunities, too. Yeah. Because uh, you don't... When money's hard to borrow. Yeah. Because I've been watching this documentary called Bank of Dave that you recommended to me. Yes. And there's also the movie that's out at the moment. Yes. I think it's called Bank of Dave. Yes. And... um, that was the problem in the small towns in England during the last recession when the banks just weren't lending money and the businesses were all ready to succeed, but they just didn't have the money. And so this guy, Dave, started the bank and lent them money. From right. this. But that was using the normal money system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is good mm. uh, and necessary. But you can have a complementary, where I like to call them complementary currencies, mm. and they exist alongside mm. the national currency. Mm. And uh, So I, I think you've talked about how um, complementary currencies could protect against global instability. Like in the news, you hear so much about inflation, and there's this sense that you your money might not be worth well, much you would probably begin a local currency it would be uh, have parity with the new zealand dollar mm-hmm. but at some time if you needed a wheelbarrow full of dollars to buy your loaf of bread then you could decide that uh, your standard is something else it mm. might be a, a combination of a load of wood and a loaf of bread and a dozen eggs and some sort of service and so on. You'd just make some arbitrary measure mm. so that uh, y- you could have your own value system for your vouchers. Mm. Mm. Yeah, okay, so it could unpin from the dollar. Yes, mm. it could. Yeah. And um, what are some of the other advantages? Well, it helps startups. Ah, okay. You know, yeah. And also, it can help create 
new employment opportunities too. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, you see, you'd, you'd perhaps in very early stages you'd do an inventory of, mm-hmm. of the natural endowment of the area. Okay. And yeah. so uh, we've got these businesses and these other resources and not forgetting the farming community mm. and so on. Now, what is something that we really, really need that we could do for ourselves? Mm. Okay, well, let's do that. Mm-hmm. We can help fund it. Mm. And th- as I say, there's lots of different models. I read of a delicatessen that wanted to expand their business. And so the deli gave out vouchers mm-hmm. uh, for people that they could cash in at a later date. Okay. And so yeah. they sold these vouchers. Uh, so they got money and they, they could... got money oh. up front yeah. uh, and then redeemed those over a period mm. later on. And so people would go in and get their deli. Uh, oh, so those goods. vouchers are a bit like a complimentary currency. That's right. Ah. Yeah. So that a community could just make some vouchers and people would pay for them. Yes. And then they could do something with all that money. Yeah. And that would start something up. That's right. <laughs> Wouldn't it be good to see uh, maybe, I like the cooperative business model, mm. you know, and so uh, if people want to get some sort of an industry going or some sort of local service or something going and mm. pe- people are form a cooperative yeah and uh and so yeah yeah so i guess this is all about community resilience in a way well it is and of course if we're looking at the whole interest business one of the lovely things that i'm aware of is the uh, interest-free savings and loan systems, our savings pools. Ah, that's what I uh, talked to Brian about. That's right. Mm. Brian Innes uh, was very uh, early on helping to design how that would work, and it's working very successfully. Mm. Mm. And uh, I listened to your interview with him Mm. the other day, and uh, so I, I think he gave a very good description of how that all works. And uh, it's helped a lot of people. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And when you mentioned the film The Bank of Dave. Yeah. Well, you know, I imagine the possibility of uh, taking our savings pool system to the next stage where it can really go to scale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. why not fund huge things that way? Yes. Like, we're, yeah. Um, That's right. Yeah, I mean, buying a house... Is one scale, yeah. which would be amazing to be able to get uh-huh. a community help buying a house. Yeah. But the community could build quite massive things. With like make a resource centre. Yeah. Wouldn't that be good? There's, yeah. talk, there's talk locally about, you know, wouldn't it be good if we had a resource centre? Mm, mm. Well, you know, let's form a cooperative and uh, find suitable premises. Actually, what's a resource centre? <laughs> oh, well, a resource centre is where... Uh, people can take maybe they've got appliances that need fixing and uh, or uh, you can run workshops there Mm. on how Mm. to do things yourself and it can be a hub Mm. of information and skill sharing Mm. as Mm. well as a a repair cafe ah yeah uh, and uh, you know you could have the men's shed there yeah and uh, the farmer's market could be there and, uh, so huge community hub for getting stuff done. That's right. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I used to work for um, science organisations 
and they were doing very high tech work in quantum technology and nanotechnology. One of the problems there was getting finance for facilities that they could that they had a huge potential but there was a need for facilities. So I wonder if we could even create that kind of thing using these alternative models. Well, there's no reason why we couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's what does this community need and what are we prepared to put our energy into? Yeah, yeah. For the long haul. And because I think we often think if we need something big, we need money and we need banks. And the radical idea here is that maybe we could fund those things collectively. I guess it's a, a little bit like the crowdfunding that you can do on you know, the crowdfunding ah, platforms. Yes, uh, in a way, yeah, yeah. Except that often you're not, apart from supplying money, mm. you're not really involved in the net result. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But with the complementary currency, you're really, you're a member. That's so right. you're part of it. That's right. Yeah. 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 One thing that, that uh, sometimes people have uh, concerns about is, well, what about tax? Mm. You know, because oh, I pay I pay tax on my income, and yeah. you, you are you thinking about getting this alternative out of it. And, and dodging that? Yeah, no, no. Uh, a, a business or a person who is is making uh, reasonable money in a complementary currency should be declaring it just like cash income. Mm. And uh, as far as their accounting is concerned. Uh, for a business, they would just have another column right. uh, for local currency and cash and uh, electronic payments, you know, so that... So you just pay tax, like... That's right. With, with normal money. That's right. Yeah. 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 So far, IAD doesn't accept local currencies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe in the future it will. Mm. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. yeah. But I really feel like it's such a foundational and big idea that we just assume we have to work through banks and yet there's that leakage of money overseas and well that's right uh you see something like 7.8 million dollars billion dollars i forget Mm. uh it makes a difference probably billion Uh, i think uh in the last quarter oh uh, was paid in interest to New Zealand banks. Mm, mm. Now that would be mostly overseas banks. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because most of the banks are overseas That's banks. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I bank with a New Zealand bank. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, and there are options that people can choose. But mm. see, often people don't even think about where they're banking, mm. and it's important mm. because all that interest leaving the country mm. is, is significant, mm. and uh, it's like we're hemorrhaging financially. Mm. And uh, and so often people have been set up with a bank account when they were a kid, and uh, and they never questioned. You know, they just stay with that bank. Yeah, uh, inertia, and, and so uh, think carefully about who you're banking with, the costs involved in that, need to be ploughed back into the community. Mm, mm. Yeah. 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 Um, Another person, I think you said you listened to my interview with Barry Coates. That's right. With the Money Matters. Yeah. Oh, no, Mindful Money, sorry. Mindful Money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's where Barry set up this website uh, where you can 
have a look and see where your KiwiSaver is invested. Mm-hmm. And if you're not happy with it, there's a facility there for you to change it to something you prefer. Mm. And that's and it, there's there's an awful lot of money uh, is invested in oil companies. And uh, I remember when you were interviewing Barry, you had a look at your KiwiSaver yeah. and you were yep. somewhat aghast. At yeah, because I just stuck with the one that I got given in the first place. That's right. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I've changed it now, and it was very easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just using the Mindful Money site. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And so he's doing something really important. He wants to develop it even further mm. because although he presents a lot of options for people to choose more ethical uh, investment, um, uh, he, he wants to build in uh, some sort of localizing. Yeah, that that yeah. was exciting. He talked about flax roots or grass roots investment yes and and so i'd I'd love to see how that can be developed because see i had a woman come to me recently and she said to me uh she said oh i've got some money to invest and i'm not sure where to put it uh and uh anyway i said well you think about that and uh and so i did think about it and and I know of a local cause ah, that yeah. she could invest that in and mm. do quite well too. Oh, it's well, quite good yeah. interest. Mm. And and so that's very local. Mm. And so uh, uh, it would be great to have something that uh, uh, could be listed yeah. along those lines. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I love the idea of uh, if we, you know, if we have a Kiwi Saver Fund, wouldn't it be great if that could. Um, flow into our local economies and another person that you I think because I met you at um, in Justin my brother's wool shed mm. and I interviewed him about his vision for um, creating uh, regenerative networks for food production and um, yeah do you think that complementary currencies could help to establish that kind of thing? I can't see why not you see one of the things about using our own currency system is that it's interest-free yeah yeah and so uh, uh, that's an advantage over using the New Zealand dollar mm. uh, because uh, uh, that that helps to um, does that mean that the money holds its value more so the the currency would if there's no leakage yeah 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 the system retains its its full value mm. as uh, the currency moves from hand to hand. Mm. Mm. And I think you were also saying that um, because there would be an incentive to buy locally, mm. if you're part of the local currency, then customers would more likely buy from a local producer rather than from a, an overseas one. That's right. How does that work? Because... Um, people with limited cash resources can supplement their cash with the local currency. Mm. But that's only useful within the circle of those who belong to the particular Mm. system. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I read somewhere that in a community you've got lots of people that have needs that aren't being met, especially when there's not much money around. And you've got lots of people whose skills aren't being used. So I love the idea that a complementary currency is a way to kind of like flush those out and enable the skills to meet the needs. That's exactly right. 
You've got it. Mm. You've got it right there. And uh, and you see another currency uh, model is called time banking. Ah, uh, yeah. And that's uh, flourishing very well in some places in New Zealand. Yeah, there's and a one. Overseas. There's one in Wellington that yeah. I yeah. I belong to, but I haven't actually participated much. Well, uh, it's there if you need it. Mm. And uh, and who knows when you might need it. And of course, it's a case of think uh, ha- having it in your head that when you want to get something or do something Mm. to consider whether there might be a possibility within your time bank Mm. Mm. uh, rather than automatically going Going to to the shops yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point so often we'll be missing opportunities now it was through the wellington time bank that uh I met uh, Saskia, who's ah. down at, at the Vagabond Veggies, and, ah. and through her, I met Justin. Ah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, yes. yes. I needed accommodation in Wellington overnight because I had an early morning appointment mm. at the hospital. And so I'm a member of Wellington Time Bank, and I put out a request within half an hour. Saskia <laughs> came back and said, I can help you with this. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Uh, we met, and, and the accommodation was perfect. Mm. And we got on so well, even though we're different generations. <laughs> yeah. And then she came and visited me here. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and she was talking then about having this idea for mm. getting a uh, community garden going. And she was talking about the possibility of Taranaki, because uh, oil's up there and so yeah. on. And I said, why don't you look closer to home? Your yeah. friends are in Wellington. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you want to be... T- and then... Yeah. They met up with Justin, my brother, and that's right. Turned out they started a regenerative garden on his yeah. land. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So that's it comes back to this being a really good way to meet people. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. So, do you have a big vision if you could do anything in the oh, world? This big vision. This big vision would be uh, that we have a a, a local currency. It's working really well uh, alongside our savings pools because that, you know, like the Bank of Dave, yeah. can help those bigger projects and forming cooperatives around enterprise, mm. uh, linking up people almost like a spider's web. Mm. And who knows, we might uh, want to have a community energy system. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. You know, because I imagine New Zealand having lots of small energy projects mm. uh, that uh, could be quite independent of the national grid mm. or they could link up with other little Yeah, yeah, projects. so keeping the energy local. That's right. I've just had an image come into my head of, because you mentioned the savings pools yeah. with the local currency, and I'm imagining savings pool being a reservoir that people uh-huh. can draw on, and then you've got the currency being all these network of, of pipes, and so you've got <laughs> sort of local waterworks that's keeping everything flowing. Yeah, yeah. And then compared to the, at the moment, the banks, how it works, we're plugged into these huge systems where the flow goes overseas. And, and you see money, a means of exchange, is the lifeblood of community it mm. brings people together mm. cash or whatever uh, because you know i think it's important to keep cash as an option too mm. you know uh, cyclone gabriel for instance uh, oh, people okay, found yeah, yeah. that uh, their, their electronic payments options weren't there yeah and they needed to have cash 
Right, yeah. And so if they've got cash and they've got local currency systems, then you're much more resilient. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember when I interviewed Justin, my brother, he talked about how he liked money when he was young. But it was because it got things moving. He could see that it was this sort of, like, yeah, that lifeblood. That's right. That's right. And a a local currency, of course, is more sticky. Ah, yeah. You know, it stays around. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's sort of like, and we've got this waterworks that stays Uh local. Like a, what do you call it? Like a catchment. Yes. You're currency flowing within your catchment that's right that's right i'm going wild with metaphors <laughs> um so what makes this hard to achieve uh i just think that people are busy and some businesses are finding things even difficult now they're full-time managing what they have to now and so considering something new is just something I mightn't have time for or the energy for. And anyway, Mm. what's wrong with what we've got? Yeah. So I I guess, you know, sometimes uh, things have to really fall apart. Mm. That's human nature, I think. When things fall apart, then we'll start uh, looking at what we can do about it. Mm. And and so I guess uh, hopefully we've, we've thought about our options and have a few things in place so that we can quickly uh, grow these this sort of dormant mm. energy mm. into something that's useful. Yeah, but it would be nice to think we don't have to wait for a disaster. Wouldn't it be nice? There is a saying, best build your barn on a summer's day. <laughs> yeah, so if you had a magic wand and you could just, um, you know, have anything to make this possible, what? What would it be? Well, I think a benefactor uh, to provide some finance, to have somebody with the passion Mm. and the skill to actually get out there and mix and mingle with people who might be early adopters. Mm. And then then bit by bit then it would take root. So somebody to sort of connect the dots and, and feel the passion. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the government could fund it. Uh, I think that's, that's not necessarily uh, a, a useful thing because uh, the government whims can change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I can't see the government doing it, frankly. Mm. Uh, but local government, mm. Mm. yes, yeah, local government, I mm. think could put some money into something mm. like this. Mm. Mm. There must be some people with a lot of money somewhere. I, I'm sure there are. I'm sure they are. I've been walking through the city wondering who's got the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the money by itself uh, it, it doesn't do the job. Mm. This person has to have the passion and the vision. Yeah, yeah. And the skills. Yeah. yeah. And maybe, the, maybe this isn't all wrapped up in one person. Maybe it's a collective of That's people. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what what gives you hope? What gives me hope? I think that I'm seeing more and more creativity expressed in uh, people's ideas and, uh, you know, for instance, the interviews that you've done with the likes of Barry Coates, Mm. Brian Innes. Mm. uh, People are thinking about this. I mean, Brian is so serious about the Bank of Dave that he and Joe are considering going to the UK next year to find out exactly what they did 
and how they went about it, talk to the people, and uh, and then compare legislation there with what is required here. And uh, he's he's that serious. Mm. Yeah. Um, I remember Dave in the documentary. He often says, "What I'm doing is right." Yes. So that so I do it because it's right, <laughs> and I feel like even if it seems impossible, we have to do it if it's right. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, mm. and uh, and so you know the, our our planet is is uh, having uh, crises of various kinds, and it's having an impact on people as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got to come up with something that's going to um, work in all those spheres mm, and mm, soon mm, soon you know mm, some say we've left it a bit late when it mm, comes to climate change mm, well we may have but let's make it less bad yeah. yeah and let's do it together whatever we do that's right yeah 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 that's one thing i love about the savings pools mm. we've created trust and transparency mm, and collaboration mm. in our savings pools we're there for each other oh uh, yeah yeah because it's this idea that money is something private and you don't talk about oh, it. Oh, yes, yeah. Well, let's get over that. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. get over that. It's a little bit like once we didn't talk about sex either. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't seem to be a problem <laughs> No. So no. let's talk about money yeah. and sex. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your dream <clears throat> for living economies? Uh, well, I think to have people with the skills and energy to actually get it uh, publicly known and and to keep adding to the website to mm. keep it even more interesting than mm. it already is. I mm. mean, we've got information there about our savings pools and various things that are important mm. in terms of looking at the role of money and how money influences everything we do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's got a bright future. I mean, at one stage we wondered whether we'd done our job, but I don't think so. What would you say is your mission? The mission would be... Uh, to um, have uh, people working projects that are inspired through looking at the fundamentals behind the whole money system. Mm. There are already some interesting projects over in the Pororua area, for instance, Uh, with the Wesley community there. Okay. And uh, they're Mm. doing some good stuff. What's that? They've got a savings pool over there and they're looking at housing, I think. Mm. So... uh, so each of us have got our own interests and skills. Yeah, and, yeah. And so if living economies could could uh, expand mm. uh, the range of those. It strikes me that uh, it goes down to the foundation and the really the roots and it's like understanding the fundamentals of what we're in and what could be possible. And then it's a matter of going coming back out again from there. That's right. But it has the potential to be really huge. It does. World changing. It does. And you see, as we move away from producing and consuming stuff Mm. and do more thinking and Mm. creative work Mm. and all that sort of thing, Mm. you see, uh, those things don't have such a huge demand on nature's resources. Yeah, yeah. But they have a huge impact for the way we live together. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I have this image of the world being a big sphere and if you make change on the outside, it doesn't change things much. But if you get right to the pivot point, you can make a tiny shift and it changes everything. Uh-huh. Sort of has this sweeping change on uh-huh. the outside. Yeah. So I like the idea of going closer to the center to have conversations and then uh-huh. make 
small but very meaningful changes in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, I once did a, a Myers-Briggs uh, oh, yeah. personality yep. uh, 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 indicator mm-hmm. and uh, and I found that I was representative of only about 5% of oh, the population. Oh, what, what one were you? Do oh, you remember? I've forgotten now. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a long time ago. Anyway, uh, sometimes wonder whether I make sense to other people, <laughs> you know, because mm. I come at the world from a very different place to mm. where most people look at mm. things. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But it's important, I think. Yeah. And you make sense to me. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> right. we're just the same. <laughs> well, it could be. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's right. And something I picked up, you know, I'm learning something all the time. I went to a presentation recently and the presenter said it's very important when we're working with communities and trying to promote our own stuff that uh, right at the beginning of an encounter we get inside the other's tent. Ah, yeah. And what's on top for them Mm, mm. rather than what you think is Mm. important that you want to impart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm, mm. Yeah. And inviting the other to fill my cup rather yeah. than me very busily filling someone else's <laughs> yeah. cup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to be open to being inspired and yes. filled by what other people can That's bring. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm not sure well how well I practice that. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Mm. But it's something I've become more aware of. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh yes. cool. Um my last question that I normally ask people if they're 85, looking back at their life, what they feel most proud of. But you're already 85, so I wonder if you could imagine if you're 95, <laughs> sitting in your potting shed, which you called your happy place. Um, if you're just sort of looking back over your life, what would you feel most proud of? I think the connections I've made in my life. <laughs> stand out for me. Uh, I've met a lot of people. I've enjoyed meeting so many people. And when I'm walking uptown, for instance, people will greet me by name. (laughs) And very often I haven't got a clue who they are. (laughs) uh, Because you can't remember everybody, (laughs) you know. But uh, but I know that I am valued Mm. in this community. And that means something to me. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm very proud of my family. Mm. and And I do have closer friends mm. but I have a lot of acquaintances and Carden is important to me mm. and I, I just want to do what I can to help this community thrive. Ah yeah well I think you've already done so much. Well thank you mm. uh, but there's more to do mm. and we've got new people coming to town <laughs> yeah, all yeah. the time Yeah, yeah. and I meet them at the farmer's market and I meet them in the cafe and it just goes on and on. Ah uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. That's um, that's the end. The show is also available as a podcast at thegoodenergyproject.substack.com.